Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine Thursday afternoon? Well, actually, as I record this, it's very early Thursday, uh, the 10th of November, uh, 2022. And uh, I'm in Thailand, in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, where I've been uh, speaking to developers at a couple of different events here. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, uh, but I am, uh, I think I've eaten just about all the food in the country. And uh, I am ready to return to Malaysia, where I have a few more uh, public events where I'm speaking. Uh, and then... Uh, I guess on Saturday, uh, you know, Tammy and I fly home. It's been a long, wonderful journey here in Southeast Asia for the last two and a half, almost three weeks. Uh, but yeah, I am ready to go. I'm ready to go home, although not before I take that long, long journey uh, on the bus, on the uh, on the Airbus uh, home, right? I'll be sitting upright for 16 hours. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um. Oh, it's been just an incredibly busy few weeks, not just because I've been running around, but because in general, there's just been so much to do uh, as the spring team readies Spring Framework 6 and uh, Spring Boot 3 for release in the weeks ahead. Uh, remember, Spring Framework 6 is due in like a week's time, basically. I, I, I forget when exactly, but you know, you can go to calendar.spring.io and I think it's due like the 16th or 17th, something like that, like of, of November, very soon, right? Uh, and then Spring Boot 3 is 24th, 25th, something like that in uh, in November. So again, very, very soon as well, not too far from now. Um, uh, we'll have, in fact, two weeks from now, if that's if that's right, if it's the 24th, then that's two weeks exactly, um, which, is an, which is an amazing thing to think about, right? I mean, this has been the culmination of years, years and years and years of work uh, and I am just so excited to be able to try it, to get the bits, to, to feedback. We just can't wait to 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 hear from you and to see what you think. Um, and there's just even now, even as we're you know head you know going headlong into the RCs and final releases and so on, um, we are are really excited, um, and we're making changes. There's all sorts of cool stuff that's coming together. Just in the last week, I personally have been you know, uh, working on and, and helping others work on things like uh, GraalVM native image support for GraphQL, uh, Spring Cloud Gateway, uh, declarative HTTP clients uh, for Kotlin and uh, generics qualified injections and, and so much more. We've also looked at, uh, you know, support for the new, the latest and greatest Apache Tomcat that just dropped and, you know, would be a nice fit in the new uh, Spring Boot. So, just so much, just so much, you know, and, and that isn't, that doesn't begin to cover all the stuff that's the wider spring team is working on, you know, it's just an amazing, amazing moment in our, in our cycle here. Uh, and I just can't wait for you all to see the fruits of our labors. It's been really intense, but very rewarding. I think you're going to like it. Um, wow. You know, I am, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I am tired. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been a wonderful few weeks. Tammy and I, my partner and I, we got uh, hit with a cold or a flu or something, but what a wallop. I'm glad we had more than a week in between like uh, events. There was some, um, uh, some time in between to have a little bit of a lull in the action to recover because we got, 
we got knocked out. I tell you, that was a, that was no fun. There's, there's a, it, it wasn't COVID mercifully. Right. But, um, uh, it has, it was definitely something and, you know, it's still, still have a little lingering congestion. I, I have asthma, so I'm used to getting sick. I get, when I get a cold, I get real sick, you know, um, because it goes to my chest and it causes congestion. So this was, this was even more intense. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's in the rear view, uh, mirror, thankfully, but it's still no fun. So be careful out there, my friends. Some things should not be open source. And there's a lot of it going around. There's, um, you know, RSV for younger people. They can bring that home and spread it to their adult friends and parents and family and whatever. Uh, there's uh, the flu itself, colds, and of course, COVID, which has not disappeared. It's just got new friends now. Um, so, you know, <laughs> just a, a very good time to take extra precautions. Go get those vaccines if you can. Uh, wear a mask if you can. Do You know, do whatever you can to make sure you don't end up like uh, my partner and I did. Um, uh, but all that to say, I'm still really excited, really happy. It's just been an incredible, um, few weeks. And, uh, uh, I think this episode is indeed going to be one of the great things that has happened, uh, to me this week. This, this episode, um, is a long time in coming. Actually, I, it's, um, with a, with a RabbitMQ team member who, I wanted to talk to for, you know, for more than a couple of months now. And, um, what I, I was just traveling so much the last few months, we'd set up a date, uh, to record. And then I'd, I'd say, okay, I'll be there. And twice in a row, and this never happens to me. I, I never do this, but twice in a row, I ended up accidentally missing our appointment, our, 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 our uh, scheduled time, usually because they were after midnight my time. And I just come home from, a long trip abroad and I was uh, jet lagged and, and asleep or something like that. Whereas normally I'm up well past midnight, uh, especially as, uh, insofar as work is concerned, you know? Um, and so, you know, but for his grace, uh, in, 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 in an indulgence, um, this episode, uh, is now possible, right? We were able to get there. Uh, and I just want to thank him so much. Our today's guest has been just, well, first of all, very kind, very patient, very generous, very indulgent, um, and, but also just brilliant. I can't wait for you to hear this episode in it. We talk about my, in it, Arnold, uh, and I talk about all the amazing new features in, um, uh, RabbitMQ, right. And, and in particular, they're the, uh, the new RabbitMQ streams feature. Well, it's not new, new, it's just new, like in the last year or so. Um, but it is a phenomenal, uh, leap forward in terms of performance and, uh, ease of use. And, uh, and I just hope you'll try it out. It, it gives you a way to do, um, stream processing in RabbitMQ, and the numbers are insane, insanely fast, right? Like something like something like an order of magnitude faster uh, in some use cases compared to traditional RabbitMQ queues. Uh, and so, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the solution you've been waiting for. Um, and this this episode was great because he is, uh, uh, you know, a member of the team. He works on both the Erlang and the Java code, the client co client client side Java code and the service side uh, uh, Erlang code. So he, we were able to get very much into the nitty gritty. Well, you know, only as nitty gritty as my uh, tiny brain could handle, of course. But still, uh, we got into it, and it was just really an enlightening discussion. Uh, so I hope you enjoy uh, the episode, and as always, I'll see you next week. 
literally took uh, three different failed attempts at a meeting. It took two different internet connections. It took uh, different, con- you know, moving from one continent to another and different cities. But we finally, finally, and by the way, this is entirely all my fault. I'm so sorry that we uh, weren't able to make those previous two attempts at this this podcast happen. But I'm super happy you're here um, because you're working on something that I think is really, really interesting and about which I'm afraid I don't know uh, too much, which is the, you know, the latest and greatest in RabbitMQ world, in particular, uh, RabbitMQ streams. Is that true? Yep. That's what are the latest features. Oh, I love it. So what do you, can you describe for the audience uh, who you are and what you do and so on? Uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to destroy it or butcher it, you know, so I'll let you do it, please. Uh, yep. So my name's Arno. Uh, I work on the RabbitMQ team at VMware for six years now. So I work on the, the broker itself, uh, its plugins, and also the uh, ecosystem like client uh, libraries. So I have a, I have a Java background. So uh, I maintain most, if not all, the the Java libraries that we have. So it's a bunch of uh, client libraries in different languages uh, in different supporting different protocols sorry uh, and also a few tools uh, that we have like an http client or a performance tool so these are the java projects that i work on so it's not the broker side uh, it's more like you know the, the tooling uh, because the broker is in Erlang. that's a programming language and my background is mostly Java, Java enterprise development using Spring that I've been, that did for about 15 years before joining the team. Oh, cool. Nice. Okay. So you've got, you've been on both sides of the equation. You've been a uh, library consumer and now you're a library producer, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah. Which yeah. one do you find? Uh, which one, which one do I find what? Find which one do you find more challenging or oh, more they inspiring? Have, they have their own challenges. So before, indeed, I was uh, mostly, I mean, working on applications, enterprise applications. So I was indeed consuming uh, frameworks like uh, Spring, um, and uh, most of the Spring framework projects. Uh, and now, indeed, I am on the other side. So uh, I'm developing a. It's not a framework itself. It's a it's a it's a tool. It's a server yeah. worker, and yeah. also it's libraries. So, um, so they have uh, each uh, position has its own challenges. Uh, right. Know. The thing is, uh, <laughs> with um, the, the job I have now, it's you really you really need to like what you do, because you uh, it's not like you're you're gonna be working on one application or one project for even a, a few years uh, or a few months, helping some customer or right. you know, your own company. Uh, so you you can change. You can even you know have a break, uh, doing some consulting for a few days or delivering a, a course. Uh, with what I've, uh, what I do right now, it's you're always on the product, so you need to like it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's see. I think you and I are similar in this way, uh, because 
you know, I've been working on spring and for spring for uh, 12 plus years. And, you know, it's not like there's not other opportunities out there, but somehow I just keep coming back. Uh, and it's just, you've got to love what you're doing. Otherwise it becomes a, a burden, not a, not a benefit, you know? Uh, yeah. So I feel maybe I, Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I feel very uh, lucky, you know, that I have this, you know, not what's the right word, not blessing, but it's just good luck for me, you know? Yeah. Sounds to like be, you that good luck too. At least to I hope you feel that way. To be able to focus on, you know, just uh, the same area of uh, work. Yeah. And it it's demanding, but it's interesting to know that you can dive that deeply into something and still find new ground, new uncharted, unexplored area, you know? Yeah, uh, indeed. You, um, you know that you're going to have to be very, uh, uh, I mean, technical, uh, very accurate, acute on a few topics. <laughs> you're, let's, uh, yeah. I would say you, you're not working on, you know, on an application. Uh, you're always, uh, see the same projects, basically the same few projects in my case. Uh, and um, yeah, you had to be, you have to dive indeed on the, right. these areas. And like, right. <laughs> but sometimes you, uh, it's a yeah. love -hate relation. It's a love and nate uh, relation. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. done with, with one problem on something. And it can come up a few months uh, later <laughs> again on <laughs> another shape uh, because someone yeah. somewhere in the world is doing something very specific and it happens again. Yep. So you have to reproduce yeah. this specific under these oh. specific conditions and maybe fix again. So yeah, it's um it's a really and you what what I really um like and think that it can be uh, not appropriate, uh, adapted to everyone. It's, you really need to uh, like solving problems and, uh, and dive again into reproducing, yeah. you know, really various uh, specific problems, try to reproduce under the good conditions. Uh, and spend hours on even sometimes days on something very specific so it can be solved uh, for you know everyone afterward right so it can be which tricky. is harder still because you're working in a distributed system right like a lot of the stuff you're dealing with is not just local virtual machine it's by definition uh you know a lot of moving parts yeah yeah we um we have different, you know, kinds of problems. So if he fits uh, with a, a client library, it's going to be uh, finding, in my case, you know, some finding some race condition in in plain Java, I would say. Oh. But sometimes it's uh, indeed it's on the broker side, so it can be uh, a problems a problem that occurs after a network partition. Um, oh, the worst with, kind of bugs. Yeah, yeah, we um, uh, it's it's super common actually that we yeah. we have weird behavior under you know networks disruption. Uh, we we are a data service. We uh, you know uh, we we store data in a distributed way. So uh, yeah. network partitions are 
our enemy. So um, uh, right. uh, yeah, sometimes it can be tricky. Yeah, you you can you can find you know reproduce sometimes locally with uh, Docker virtual machines, but uh, it's common to have to right. test uh, on on the cloud with a real not real but uh, on a real almost real environment. Yeah. Right. That is I. Do you find that you, I mean, do you know uh, Erlang? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I work on the broker. So okay. I so, to... oh yeah. Yeah. So, so you have to be not just good at both languages, but good enough to debug race conditions and oddities like this in both languages, right? Both runtime, yeah. both environments. Yeah. In, wow. In, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I think I'm better at Java because I've been programming in Java for 20 years. I think something like this. And yeah. In only six years. Um, but yeah, I, I work. Sometimes I even work uh, on on both languages at the same time. Um, <laughs> I, I was working on streams, so uh, that's a new feature right. that we have. And uh, there's a, a, a there's a server side. And there's the, yeah. the client side. So I was uh, implementing the, the server uh, plugin, dealing with frames, yep. on dealing with you know the, wow. the request, the queries from the client. Uh, and so I was writing this, and I was also writing the client at the same time. Um, wow. Yeah, so I was, <laughs> was switching between two. That's, that's quite, uh, actually, that's a, a difficult uh, situation. To be writing both at the same what, time, what, that can be. Oh both, yeah, both the the on both sides. Oh yeah, I mean, what I I wonder is, you know, um, oh I lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I guess I can I can ask the other question, which is, do you, when you write this code uh, in Erlang? Oh, oh, sorry. Now I remember. I was going to say. Erlang and Java are both high-level languages. Erlang in particular, I remember it, you know, the OTP story, right? People talk about OTP and how it gives you a suitably high level of abstraction so that you can write distributed systems, right? It makes it much easier to build network services yes. uh, compared to something like C or, or, or Rust or, yeah. or whatever, right? Um, and you know, it's it's proven, right? It's not a, it's not a theory that this is a better higher level abstraction than what you get in most general purpose systems programming languages. And it's just interesting. I don't think people appreciate just how difficult it is to build a network service as you have uh, when you have a language, even with a language like Erlang, which takes away a lot of the danger, a lot of the guesswork, you know, there's still so many corner cases that you have to care for in things like network partitions and so on. And RabbitMQ is what close to close to 20 years now 20 years old you know yeah, uh small 15 it, 2000, 2004 2007, yeah, exactly. 2007 15 yeah yeah 15 years right it's a it's a very mature piece of technology it's used to power all sorts of services all around the world uh and yet still you find these little corner cases that that you know and so i, I just think about it's such an, a massive undertaking to build your own broker. And, uh, you know, I, I think about these, uh, there's a lot of new brokers out there and they all offer interesting things, uh, I'm sure, but 
it's these small things that keep me up at night. You know, the, <laughs> what will it do in this little corner case? And that's my, that's my nightmare. You know, that's the, uh, well, you're French, right? But the, my, mon cauchemar, you know, like my, yeah, your nightmare. The thing that gives me anxiety. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I love that word, by the way, cauchemar. That's a Russian word, but isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, cauchemar. You, you can, you can, uh, cauchemar is actually also the, that, that's nightmare in French, but that's also a Russian word. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, which I think is interesting. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that, that kind of stuff is one of the reasons why I love RabbitMQ because it's got this maturity and it's got people that are deeply invested in making it great and that have been working on it for years in, in, with continuity, right? It's not like a bunch of, uh, you know, I don't know how to say this without being controversial, but Be you controversial. can't build. It's just the two of us. Build just the yeah sure just you me and her and, and the wall right uh, it, you can't build really great things that work with the level of precision that something like RabbitMQ does with just small like people that just send a patch and then leave will never develop the expertise to understand these little low level details somebody needs to work on the same thing for years right to yeah, understand yeah, these low-level details, to, to that, really feel that's, it. That's quite true for RabbitMQ. Um, we had this uh, uh, at Pivotal back then. They, they, we uh, there was this, uh, you know, habit to uh, this rule that people will uh, change, switch uh, teams. Um, yeah, every three months or something, and it was not mm -hmm. just not working with RabbitMQ. So we would have the code no. and uh, people joining some from time to time uh, to, for, yeah. uh, to help to do some specific uh, you know, task. Uh, but actually people could not like just stay three months. It, uh, it started with some people and they actually stay like for three years um, because yeah. that's too much content. <laughs> Uh, to absorb yeah uh, if you if you don't develop uh i remember someone's uh, started uh, a revamp uh, a refactoring of the cli tooling uh, so that's possible in this case because this is the the cli part there are still you know network the network is still implied uh, with the CLI tool like RabbitMQ CTL and all that tooling, um, right. but uh, yeah, we we, uh, we really need to stay for years on the, on right. this team because uh, you always learn and we have to deal with uh, a lot of legacy code, uh, work on it, improve it, change it, uh, make a new version, even a new uh, yeah. A new engine basically sometimes yeah uh, be able to switch from the old engine to the new one uh, in a smooth way um, so yeah it uh, it evolves uh, it evolves a lot of uh, background yeah right and with, without sacrificing quality too is that's very difficult and it, it requires an expertise that i don't think you can just pick up for a sprint you know yeah <laughs> Like, no, yeah. yeah, no, not um, for Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, so, and that has served you well. I guess what I'm trying to I'm trying to lead to here is what you have done, what you and the team have done recently. Uh, and when I say recently, I mean in the last few years, um, is phenomenal because you just mentioned RabbitMQ is a data service, right? 
in in the same way that uh, <clears throat> you know your database might be considered a data service, right? RabbitMQ yep. is where you put your data, right? Yes. Um, and sure, the way that producers and consumers produce and consume that data is a little different than the way they consume, say, MongoDB. Uh, but it's still a data service, right? There's semantics there. That yeah, yeah, about. of course. There yeah. are <clears throat> there are questions around integrity of the data, etc. That you have to care replication. for. Replication, <laughs> replication, yeah. storage, all that stuff. Yeah, that's uh, not not like a database, but we still have to deal with the file yeah. system, as you say. But it's obviously it's not the same way. Uh, the data are not written and uh, read the same way as a database. Uh, that's really different, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's still a data service, and we need to deal uh, with uh, data structure uh, on the file system, right. efficient, efficient efficiency for all of this. Yeah, it's a pretty so, much the same job. So and this, so this, let's talk about that. Yep. What? It's I don't, I, it's it's not the same. Um, I said it's pretty much the same thing, but it's not. I mean, it's totally different from oh, the yeah. database. But we we have to take right. into account the same kind of uh, uh, problems uh, related to the yeah the file system latency all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah absolutely. So, uh, so let's talk about that then. So I'm and again, I know you could go very deep, but I am a simple person, so. Don't go too deep, but but what, I, what I'm hoping to understand is right now when you think when people think of RabbitMQ, um, it's a broker. It implements AMQP 091 uh, and optionally 1.0. Um, you can send a message to the broker. It goes to a an exchange. The exchange then sends it to a queue uh, via some logic, including maybe looking at the routing key. The consumer pulls that data. Um, you know, the data gets delivered to a consumer. Um, what happens when that data gets to the broker and it's, you know, it goes through the exchange? What is that, you know, does it get written to disk at that point? Is it stored in memory? Uh, is it, you know, I'm trying to figure out what it looks like when it enters the broker, when, when it's in the hands of the broker. What it is depends. algorithmically kind of happening there? It depends. So first you're going to get through the socket and the frame will be passed. Uh, so yeah. we just read the data. And um, so mostly we we uh, we pass, no, not, I mean, it depends on the, the, the protocol you have also because we support MQTT as well and Stomp uh, and yeah. So we, we pass the, the frames uh, and then there's the routing logic. Uh, so, um, which can be based on yeah, the routing key. So it's uh, basically we have routing uh, routing rules depending on the right the, the exchange you you go through, you publish to, uh, and then it's going to be routed to uh, one of several queues. Yes, right. Does the like I I think the support for these other protocols that was added later, right? Um, uh, yep. Whereas I think in the beginning. RabbitMQ was just AMQP 091. Even um, 08, even 08 first. We still 08, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're going to drop wow. it one day, but yeah. <laughs> one day. Um, well, then, by the way, that's a good point, right? That's the reason it's so hard to remove these things is because it's a data service and people rely on their data to be sound, right? So RabbitMQ has a long tail of backwards compatibility, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah. 
but I, um, I don't think we're going to we have a lot of uh, M2P or eight user. <laughs> no, and we tell um, them before. But, but yeah. <laughs> there's probably one person very upset by this mm -hmm. discussion. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but 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 fundamentally, in the background, in the if we look at if we go to the engine of RabbitMQ, does it kind of look like AMQP without AMQP protocol? Like, is there this concept of an exchange, and then? Yeah. Was the there's indirection between the exchange and the queue? Right? Yeah, so that's, uh, that's an interesting question actually, because indeed we have uh, right now. I mean, uh, RabbitMQ has been designed around the MQP zero nine one uh, internally. Yeah, so it means that um, internally we have uh, exchanges. I mean, in terms of programming, we have what we call resources yeah. or uh, 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 records. But these are our long terms, basically, processes, which yeah. are exchanges, queues, and so on. So it means that we have this core, which is uh, designed around uh, MQP091. And that's not really a good stuff, a good thing, because um, <clears throat> uh, it doesn't play well with other protocols, which uh, all, don't always have these, uh, these uh, concepts. Uh, so uh -huh. uh, we have in mind to remove this, but it's only internal basically, and to build what we call a core agnostic, um, an agnostic core, sorry, uh, a protocol right. agnostic core, uh, where we wouldn't have uh, this MQP091 concept entities inside uh, the right. code itself. I see. Um, but still, you've been able to take that core, however, uh, tied to AMQP091 that it is, you've, you've been able to take it and adapt it to Stomp, to MQTT. So it's flexible enough to make the job, to support these other protocols. Where has it, you know, what protocols are limited by this abstraction at the moment? Um, MQ, MQTT 1.0 uh, is a bit limited. Um, because we cannot implement all the features in, in that we have in MQP 1.0 with a uh, 091. Uh, so these two protocols are very, uh, they are very different. They have the same name, but they, uh, they are not the same protocol at all. Okay, so inside, okay, yeah. in, inside 091, you have the transport part, so the frame, the, the way you have to decode the frame and encode them, but you have also uh, all the, the operations you can do with MQP, like publish, yeah. consume, and so on. But you have also this, uh, <clears throat> the concept of the entities, the, resor the resources, so uh, uh, exchanges, bindings, queues. Okay, right. so you have all this in 091, but in uh, MQP 1.0, uh, you have only the transport part. Uh, MQP 1.0 is a transport protocol. It doesn't have the concept of uh, uh, things uh, what you publish to and you consume from. Okay, so it's really, really? up to the, yeah, yeah, there's, it's only oh, wow. no. They call node. So you publish to a node, which is just a name, uh, and then you consume from a node. If I remember the or targets, I don't remember the exact names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in MQP 1.0, you you don't have yeah the the concept of a queue. It can be anything. Okay, it's really only about the transport. 
Okay. And inside. Really? Oh, so is that left as an implementation detail? The, the idea yeah. of the mailbox? Yeah, basically, um, I mean, the uh, what you have inside the, the, the storage where you publish to consume from, it's whatever you want. Um, so, uh, and we can, you can say that M2P1.0 in terms of transport is uh, more powerful, has more features than 091. Yeah, especially the typing right. system is quite uh, powerful, uh, I mean, among others. Um, so uh and yeah you have uh, very specific features in terms of transport uh, which are very specific to mqp 1.0 um wow yeah it's a, okay. it's a quite an interesting story actually <laughs> i i enjoy this is the kind of stuff i like i i i because i i i think you've done a very good job it would be very interesting to see what that engine would look like but that's a that's that is a messaging centric approach when you talk about mqtt when you talk about stomp uh when you talk about um you know mqp 091 versus uh 1.0 we're still talking about pub sub right i send a message and then a consumer gets the message which is also a kind of database but fundamentally it's very different from this other paradigm of like a distributed log right yep um yeah. And different, and so let's talk about this other thing, right? I, this is this is the stuff I want, was hoping you could teach me about because I this is super interesting. There's this thing called RabbitMQ streams now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, I mean, uh, is that the same engine as that as RabbitMQ was using for the AMQP stuff? Is it different thing? Like, oh, just oh, this is so interesting. It, to me. What is it? Like, that's, it's that's it's cool. different. So, um. Uh, before diving into RabbitMQ streams, let's see what the queue is. When you have a queue, you publish messages to the queue, I mean, to the exchange, and then it yeah. goes to the queue for RabbitMQ. And you have messages in the queue, and when you read them, uh, you remove them, right? Uh, we call this destructive mm -hmm. uh, consumption. So, uh, so it's when <laughs> reading a message is not a read-only operation, right? You, right. Uh, you read and you remove from the queue. Uh, so streams are, are different because they model an append-only log. So you add messages, and they are just added one after the other inside the stream. Uh, and we, when you uh, register, when you attach as a consumer to the stream, uh, you get these messages, but you don't remove them. Okay, so in this case, you're a read-only consumer. Uh, right. So it's uh, it seems uh, subtle actually these differences between queues uh, and streams, but uh, it's amazing how it makes everything different uh, in terms of uh, features, in terms of you know behavior, in terms of your how your yeah. application the, the application semantics and how the implementation itself is different. So um, yeah, streams are you know a brand new stuff. Uh, new yeah. feature which doesn't use much from uh, the other parts of RabbitMQ. It's really something I see. added, and which is just now available as a, a new feature along other stuff that you have in in RabbitMQ. So I couldn't use an AMQP client to consume that RabbitMQ streams support, right? That's a different 
protocol, I suppose. You you can you can still use MQP or any other protocol. Um, yeah. So you create a, a stream. Uh, it's like creating a queue. So you specify the queue type and you say it's a stream. So it it shows up in RabbitMQ as a, a regular uh, MQP or regular resource as a queue. So you're going to okay. see you're going to see it in the management plugin, for example. Um, and you can you can bind it to an exchange. And if you publish to this exchange using any protocol supported protocol like MQP 1.0, 1 or yeah. the over Storm in MQTT, if you publish there right. and it ends up in the queue in the stream, it just it will just end up in the stream. Okay, and then you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can you can consume with the over supported protocol MQP and so on from this stream. Except that uh, in this case, the the uh, the acknowledgement is not about when, basically when you get the message acknowledging it says that you I'm done with the message as a consumer. I dealt yeah. uh, I dealt with the the message, so you can remove it from the queue. So when when you do that. Uh, with a message from a stream stream queue, um, uh, it means that yeah. you you're able to get more messages. You're just giving credits to say, "Hey, send more messages." Okay, uh, so that's this basically the semantics that we have with the existing protocols that we support, right? With regards to streams. But does so when when the stream if a MQP. 091 consumer is pulling messages off of this stream queue. The data is not being deleted, right? They're just, it's like no. the offset just being moved forward. Yeah, you just get more by, messages by one offset. after the other. Yeah. So you. But where you does get... the. Can the. Is there, is there a way for me to replay? Yeah. Or reread re some of the same messages. So, as a regular like MQP consumer, you you can uh, basic consume. So that's the MQP command, and inside it you yeah. can specify uh, an argument um, for the offset you want to start from. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Is the offset maintained per client? Like, if I'm, or is it like by? Uh, how does that work? Like. There's if I no, reconnect to the same queue tomorrow, am uh, I going to get the same offset? Yeah, there's no server-side offset tracking with MQP because we don't, have, we don't have a command for this. We it's not like right. we can, can we could extend the uh, the MQP protocol with new features to uh, store the offset to provide a data store on right. MQ to store the offset for different uh, for, for the, the consumers. But we uh, decided not to do that. And if people want to do that, they should switch to the uh, new uh, stream protocol, which has all these features built in. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. So there is a protocol. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that that's what I was trying to figure out. But the okay, so forget about side. the MQP stuff then. No, right. I mean, let's talk you about can, that. You can still benefit. I mean, if you have your existing applications using MQP and your client libraries using you know, your in any language, which are any any Java, uh, any sorry MQP library on in Java, right. whatever, you can still use streams uh, as soon as you. Yeah, use, that's powerful. Uh, yeah, RabbitMQ three nine. 
uh, you can use streams with your uh, existing uh, applications with your you know usual client libraries it's just that you won't have all the features and um, you you can uh, if you want use another protocol so different libraries and use the stream protocol which has been uh, designed for uh, streams cool and so in that case do you get offset tracking yep yep oh you so it is possible built-in offset tracking in the stream protocol so okay going back to the uh reverend q stream q scenario with amqp uh is it the case that i just i keep a copy of that offset in my java code yeah right to my own file system or something and then re-specify it when it connects again later exactly so you would have what you just need in case of uh mqp if you want to uh, resume where you left off uh yeah your restart uh you you need to store the offset yourself so it can be in your regular uh in your regular data store like a database so for example a, a sure. good thing is to for example usually when you consume a message you have a database operation uh, involved, right? Like you get a message, you insert something in the database, you process the message, whatever. So yeah, when you're going to commit your uh, database operation, you can also uh, update a record somewhere with the offset yeah. in the same transaction. Nice. Okay? It's always it's it's also possible with the uh, with the stream protocol. You can always use any data store uh, to right. store your offset. It's just that with the stream protocol, we have some kind of small, in a way, key value store to store the offset uh, uh, for for you. Oh wow! So that, it actually might be easier from an integrity perspective because you know distributed transactions are hard. But if my database is now in control of both maintaining the offset and the data, then I don't have distributed transactions. I don't have to worry about it. It's much simpler to, yeah. to consistently control that. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I mean, it makes a, sense. A, that's a feature, not a bug. No, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, wow. I mean, you, you do pretty much what you want. It depends on the use case. But uh, indeed, if you use the server side offset tracking, so it means that you're going to uh, have, you're going to use a RabbitMQ operation to store your offset. Um, uh, you you may be out of sync if you have a problem with your data in your reg regular right. database. We don't implement distributed transaction in this case uh, because I mean right. it's not that implemented actually uh, in the in real life. Um, so it's uh, if you if you don't want to bother, you can use server side offset tracking. But it's you know it's just an it's just just an opt-in. You can use another database uh, like a redis uh, whatever right or or your sql database where, where yeah. you keep your records you know yeah that's exactly. great oh wow okay so okay i'm already seeing the potential here is it faster to work with red MQ streams than it might be for example in a traditional queue uh setup a non-stream queue yeah so um Again, queues and streams are really different, and a queue is much more complicated than uh, a stream. Um, when you think about it, what, what I said before uh, is when you consume from a queue, you remove messages 
right? So the queue has a lot to do, actually. It needs to you know, keep track of the distributed messages, to the, the dispatch yeah. messages to the consumers, uh, whether they have been acknowledged or not. Uh, they can be. They can also be uh, negatively acknowledged. So they come back to the queue, and they must be requeued re at some point. You know, a queue can, may have to deal also with TTL. So it's a bunch of stuff to deal with, uh, and it doesn't yeah. come, you know, for free. A stream, so no. a, an append-only log is much simpler. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> um, logically, it should be relatively faster. simple. Uh, yeah, when you think about it, the, yeah. the semantics are much uh, simpler. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, streams are much faster than queues in terms of throughput, especially if you use right. uh, the, the stream protocol that we introduced. So the stream protocol is a protocol we designed, so it's a... Uh, uh, it's specific to RabbitMQ, it's not standard. Uh, and we implement it uh, just for streams. Uh, and uh, the stream protocol is exposed as a plugin which uh, ships with the, the core distribution. So it's just there That's and amazing. you need to enable it and it will start uh, listening on uh, a port. And a stream, stream client libraries can then connect to this, uh, to this port. Wow. So, yeah, it's okay, faster. So we designed, we basically, we designed the stream protocol for throughput. Um, right. So it, it, it's, uh, um, uh, it's a very, I mean, it's a specific uh, protocol compared to uh, uh, MQP091, which is more generic. Uh, right. So it's like when, when we did some, you know, simple benchmarks, even of, on clusters, but with, you know, small messages, uh, with a regular queue, you get, uh, I mean, with a stream, you can get, you can be 20 times faster than with a queue in terms of throughput. So it goes from 50, 50K messages per second with a queue to uh, 1 million messages per second with a stream. But yeah, it's much faster. Wow, that's, that's not nothing. That's orders of magnitude that's yeah wow yeah, that makes sense i mean we have a different data structure with an optimized uh, protocol so i mean it's just faster makes sense uh, again these numbers so what, you know are you know they, yeah brutal <laughs> uh, brutal uh, workloads uh, but right. in real life the the message uh, the message size can change but it's going to be always faster with uh, with streams i mean about what are, before we before we talk more about streams uh, and, and 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 so on what are some of the reasons not like I'm just trying to see like why would I still use classical non-stream queues you know today because what are some of the cases where streams are not as useful or all the existing cases <laughs> that we've been dealing with for <laughs> years. <laughs> Um, so when you want to, uh, you know, uh, have only one processing with uh, one yeah. type of processing with your uh, and it, your message must be processed only once, uh, you you'll want a queue. If you want to have things like, you know, negative uh, 
uh, be able to requeue messages so that they can go back to a queue right. and be uh, processed by another consumer. You need a queue. If you want to have things like TTL, so that messages can show up at uh, after some time, you know, um, right. um, uh, queue again. Uh, so again, th this is a new feature. And thanks to this new feature in RabbitMQ, you can uh, implement some use cases which were before uh, maybe awkward to implement with queues. Right. Um, wow. But uh, it's wow. not because it's faster and new that you have to, uh, you know, give up on, on queues. We have super uh, queue implementation, especially uh, in the last few years. We implemented, like, yeah. for example, Chrome queues, which are uh, queues with a strong consistency and strong guarantees uh, using um, a consensus algorithm, the Raft algorithm. Right. So they are they are very robust and reliable queue implementation, and they, they again they are even in a way safer than, than streams, in a way, uh, because the replication doesn't work the same way. Ah, okay. Well, okay. That does bring up the question about what does replication for streams look like. But before we, before we get into that, I'm I'm just trying to carve out like okay. So we know about some of those use cases for which queues, traditional classic queues are still a better fit. What are the obvious, you know, scenarios or use cases for which streams are the better fit? Uh, so we mentioned high, th high throughput. That's one, yes. uh, one use case. Uh, large large fan outs. So if you want to uh, large or not, but uh, if you uh, when you have a message in your in your uh, structure uh, in your stream, uh, it can be uh, read by different applications, and the processing can be done uh, can be different depending on the application. For example, you can have you know orders coming from a, an online store and you want a different processing for the uh, inventory and for the account application and so on, uh, right. shipping uh, application. So they have to uh, consume the same message uh, and do something different. So if with RabbitMQ, if you want to do that, you need to have a specific queue for each application. So in our case, I mentioned three applications. Oh. So we're going to have three queue one for each application uh, with a stream and three copies of the message not exactly copies references okay and it can depend okay. on the uh, uh and the queue it can depend also on the queue type uh but yeah uh, with a, a stream it can make it makes it can make more more sense to uh you know have the message in one place on the stream and that it can be read yeah. by, read by different applications and also, when you want to replay the messages, I mean, to replay your uh, your processing, uh, you cannot do that with queues, right? Because you know, when you read from queue, re you remove messages. Um, yeah. So with a, with a stream, you can uh, come back uh, anywhere you want. So you can imagine that you every day you have some kind of batch job that will you know read all the messages from the stream uh, and construct yeah. create some uh, views of your data. And the day, the next day, it's going to do the same thing from the beginning, 
uh, with the additional data from the day before. Uh, and as wow. it's super fast in terms of transfer, it can be, it's much more interesting to have something like a stream than a queue. Okay, so read, so, read, oh, read wow. again and replay. Uh, this is in, much, much interesting. Now, in this case, it's definitely not, you know, before it's, it's very similar to, but it's not exactly the same as a. I can't hear you. Or a Redis. You. Oh, say it again. Just a few, a couple of seconds went. Off. Okay. But you can hear me now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Sorry about that. What I was trying to say was now with streams, where before we could say that RabbitMQ is like a data service, now I think it's very clear it is like a database right, with streams, right? Um, yeah. And you have all the responsibilities of a database. You have to persist data and make it queryable. Right? Yes. Uh, so before, I mean, before, before stream, you, we, we already had different types of queues. So they can, the data can be, uh, the, the messages can, can be just in memory. Um, they can be paged to the file system or it can be persistent. But with streams, um, we don't have this flexibility. We, um, it, streams are more opinionated. So they are always replicated and persistent. So they always go to the file system. Uh, we still nice. had uh, these constraints with something like quorum queues. So again, this uh, we introduced uh, quorum queues, if I remember correctly, uh, in 3.8, RabbitMQ 3.8. So it, it was three years ago, in 2019. Yeah. Um, and quorum queues, um, uh, they are implemented as a log as well, I mean, internally, because these are the raft semantics the, the right. raft algorithm semantics basically. Um, and they are also persistent. So we, again, we, um, we, we need to uh, be careful with the file system and the data stored in, in RabbitMQ. The difference with streams is that, uh, streams are meant to be large, to accumulate messages. Whereas with queues, you usually queues are better off being empty. Right. If you have a backlog in your in your queue, it's not a good sign. It means that your consumers, uh, right, you know, are are falling uh, behind. Exactly. So they are falling behind, and or they are just gone, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so streams are also uh, good for large logs when you want to maintain your data for your data for a long time, and uh, right. indeed they they. Um, that's a big difference for us because. It's persistent, okay, but we mm. can grow. We can grow, okay. So it's not oh, okay. So that's a good point. It, am I is is the is the size of the stream unbounded? Like, what if I have a thousand years of messages? Like, how do I do I do I can can I partition them or or, or so how do I we, you know, we have. store? Yeah, so it did. They can grow indefinitely, so it's not a good thing. Um, so they are uh, retention policies. Um, so yeah. when you declare your stream, or when you want with policies in RabbitMQ, so it can be uh, you know on top of an existing stream, you can say that you want it to have a retention policy. Uh, so the retention policy is based on the size, the total size of uh, of the stream, or uh, the age. Uh, 
Okay, so a stream, uh, a stream is made of uh, it's a directory for the right for the internal storage, and it's made of segment files. So uh, there's a current segment where you have the new messages, and when it reach when it reaches a given size, like 500 megabytes, it's it rolls over. So the segment is closed, the file is closed, and it will never be changed. And there's a new segment okay. for the new messages. So um, when uh, every time we uh, we roll over, uh, we create a new segment. We are going to enforce uh, the retention policies. Okay. So if we need to remove all segments, okay, based on the on the size or the total size, and uh, right. or the, the age. And uh, this is for one. This is for one stream, and you mentioned partitions. So we, uh, yeah. uh, a stream in itself is not partition; it's just one uh, directory which is, you know, replicated. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it's limited by the size of your hardware. Um, but sure. in three, in RabbitMQ three eleven, uh, which was released uh, in September 2022, uh, so a couple of months ago, uh, we introduced uh, super streams. Uh, so super streams Ooh. are, uh, a, in a way, a partitioning solution. So you you take uh, you have a logical entity which is this super stream entity concept, and it mm -hmm. it is actually yeah. made of individual regular streams which are the partitions. Uh, and when you publish to the as a as a as a client application, you see the 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 super stream as one logical entity and when you publish or consume to it as an application developer it's just a, a regular stream just a super one uh, and internally uh, the messages are dispatched uh, into uh, the different uh, individual streams the partitions based on like what does that what does that buy me what is the advantage um, so it means that um, you can have uh, you can you can scale out your uh, stream uh, transparently. So if you have a large cluster, like so the consumers, nodes, yeah, yeah, the consumers can be uh, actually you you you're gonna uh, you're gonna get um, you're gonna have several consumers from which are you know the same uh, internally is the same code. It's in different in yeah. instances of the same application. Uh, you start them off using your, you know, application manager like Kubernetes or whatever, and you start three instances. And if you have three three partitions, uh, each consumer will be allocated to one partition. So this way, you scale out the processing of your super streams across different. Uh, 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 processes, programming, programming system processes. So when I when I set up the superstream, can I do? Does it write to each of these partitions in like a round robin kind of fashion, or how do I tell uh, it to spread the work out? The um, the for the publishing, you um, the dispatching, the choice of the partition is yeah. handled by the client library, so you can provide. Depending uh, on the client library, you can provide some logic uh, to dispatch uh, in run robin if you want, or using hashing uh, based on uh, oh. a property of the message, like the region or whatever. 
uh, or yeah. imagine that you you uh, you publish orders again from your online store. Uh, the the key can be, for example, the customer ID. So it's going to be uh, you just provide the uh, the logic in your Java code to extract from the message the oh, ID. Uh, and like then, a modulus or something. And yeah, yeah, and behind the scenes, I mean, the the library uh, will handle the hashing using you know fancy and fast and uh, hashing uh, algorithm, and then do a modulo to pick up the appropriate um, partition. And if you do that. Uh, all the messages for the same customer will end up in the same partition. Okay, <laughs> but you can do something else. That's you can super cool. You can extract, for example, the region. You know, like uh, MEA or uh, Americas yeah. or whatever, uh, and have a partition for each of the region. Yes. And you can, you know, provide this logic. At the end, it's just publishing to a regular stream. Uh, that's so awesome. That's on the client side. That's you. You. You must have a, a nice <laughs> and working uh, client library uh, to do that, which right. is in the case uh, for the Java client, for example. And um, then it's just you know regular publishing to the stream. So this way we don't have routing on the uh, server side. So there's no bottleneck. Right. So okay. Speaking of client, now you talked about the the Java client. Um, I know Spring has support for uh, streams, just regular old streams, RabbitMQ streams. Do we, I don't know offhand. I wish I had known. Does Spring already have support for super streams? So yeah, in in uh, homework. <laughs> in so yeah, you, you you're seeing old streams. But, you know, streams are just one year old. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Three, since 3.9, right? Yeah. Uh, 3.9, 3.9. Yeah. So it, it was last year, in July yeah. last year, 2021. Um, so yeah, it's Spring MQP, there's support for streams. So uh, Spring MQP uh, uses uh, the stream Java client. Uh, and uh, then you can um, you can declare your RabbitMQ listeners, you know, uh, or use a template. Uh, the annotation, a, yeah. Uh, to publish, you can use the, um, uh, I think, Rabbit stream operation abstraction. Cool. Uh, and then there's the declarative way with the at RabbitMQ Rabbit listener annotation. And you just need to yeah. provide uh, the appropriate uh, factory. I don't remember all the, um, yeah. uh, the exact, um, uh, what, what we, I did, the container factory. Um, so okay, if it's yeah. a, if it's a if it's a container factory for for streams using the stream uh, uh, the stream Java client, you're going to get messages from your your stream. But it's all transparent at the end for the application, the Spring application right. developer, because it's just an annotation and under the covers, uh, uh, Spring MQP will just you know provide the messages whether they come from a regular queue using MQP or uh, streams, which is quite nice. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, there, there's a support for super streams um, uh, in Spring MQP. Sure. I think it's super uh, uh, new, and I think it's going to go uh, inside Spring MQP 3. I don't know if it's going to be backported. Wow. Um, so there's, uh, I mean, early support, I would say. 
uh, we worked with uh, Gary Russell on this. So we, you know, just synchronized. Lovely person. Yep. <laughs> Very efficient. <laughs> yeah. And, he's uh, and yeah, so Gary uh, uh, did the integration for, for streaming in MQP. And then it should, you know, go down the over or go up the other libraries like Spring Integration. So Spring Integration will use. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spring MQP, and I think then it's going to go into mm -hmm. uh, Spring Cloud Stream and Spring Cloud Dataflow. Oh. I think in the next generation, like the one based on yeah. X, I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm not in charge of this part, so uh, I don't know the exact no I mean agenda, but uh, I think it's going to be this way. Uh, so yeah, that's all starting Spring with streams. Yeah. That's, oh, that's super exciting. So that means that there's no reason they can't start trying these things out today. Um, yeah. And Spring for AMQP is a great level of abstraction. It's powerful. If they want to wait for Spring integration, I'm sure that won't be too far behind. The next generation that you spoke of, uh, Spring Framework 6, that's due end of November 2022. Yep. So, you know, that'll all be around that time or a little bit after yep. um, all the stuff lands. So. It's a good time to try it out. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, this is so cool. Um, this, this is, I guess, where do people sorry? Yeah, that's good stuff for, for inside RabbitM2 because now you have the two models you have SKUs and for the same price, which is nothing. Yeah, uh, you have also streams. Uh, and I guess with uh, especially in, in Java, the, the stream Java client is kind of the reference implementation. When we have new stuff on the broker side for streams, we uh, implement them immediately and test them mostly with the stream Java client. Right. So three, uh, Java developers are in a, in a way privileged. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Java stream Java client is quite uh, decent, I would say, for just a, a year of existence. No doubt. Wow. So, but from the Spring, yeah, I mean, they can feel free to try the stream, stream Java client, but if you're a Spring developer, uh, then you just change the annotations a little bit, change the attributes for the yep. messages in your container, uh, and you're off to the races. But you're right, that, that's a good point. The fact that I can just upgrade RabbitMQ and now I have, you know, both models available to me, I can solve all sorts of PubSub style use cases and distributed log use cases uh, with the same... Yeah broker and my code almost doesn't change at all yeah um, yeah we, we imagine some, we imagine some use cases when you have an already existing already existing topology uh, where your messages are published to you know for example uh, an exchange and then bound to three queues three queues one for each region in the world again and you can just add a binding yeah. where all using uh, the uh, I don't remember the type of the exchange now the header uh, exchange with a wildcard. Yeah, we can you know just add a binding to a queue uh, to a stream, so all the messages are going to be published depending on their region to their respective queue. But all of them will go to this new queue, to new this new stream. So you're going to have you're wow. going to have all your uh, worldwide worldwide messages going in a stream, and then you, instead of doing some processing specific to your uh region you can you know do some worldwide analytics using the stream protocol so you you have something existing oh. and you just you know define a new resource bind it and add a, a specific application 
uh, and it, all the remaining part of the system works the same way. You just have a new feature, uh, and it's you know integrating wow. very well. Yeah. So, so for people who scenarios. are listening, it's it's important to so he what you just described is it relies on a couple of things. First, in Rabbit in MQP, you can have different brokers that can link to each other. So you can you can say that the output of this is the input of that. Yeah, I, I, this, is, this is not part. what I, I was describing in in this case, but uh, oh, yeah, it's possible. but but what you just described is a way to take data coming from a regular traditional queue and no, turn it into a stream, right? No, uh, just you know, adding a binding to a, an yeah. exchange, which is already bound yeah. to your regular queues. You add a binding to a stream, and with the appropriate right. routing key, a binding key, like a wildcard, all right. the messages published to the exchange with the existing MQP publishers will also be routed right. to the stream now. We will go to the regular queue as, as, well, uh, as well. As well. Uh, uh, but as you are using this wildcard uh, binding key, is the, yeah. all the messages will end up in the stream. And then you just you know, buy, uh, create a new application using the stream protocol, and you can every right. day build some worldwide analytics from this stream. Ah, so they don't have to tap into the existing queues. They can have this no. new thing off to the side yeah. that taps into this stream instead. Yeah, cool. so that's just a new feature and an addition, something new that can add to your existing system without disturbing the existing the legacy part existing and you have a new oh, wow. uh, a brand new feature um, so it can be integrated this way uh, little by little or you know used yeah uh, to start from green yeah it's really up to you yeah so yeah that's a that's a really nice addition we think uh but we, we are doing other stuff uh <laughs> streams are just one uh, uh yeah new fancy feature but that's a major feature um that we've been right. working well, for a few years now. I, we are, we've already, okay, well, this, we, there's no way to do justice to all of the amazing things that are being done right now, RevMQ, but in a, in a few minutes, what are some of the other big things you think people should be checking out in RevMQ aside from the streams and super streams and the quorum queues? So we've talked about what we've been trying to do in the last few years is to uh, make RabbitMQ more robust because it's been designed 15 years ago. So yeah. it was a different age, basically. Uh, <laughs> and we still have some legacy parts which are well, not super appropriate to the modern or the current world. Um, so um, we... Um, we have mirrored queues, for example, in RabbitMQ. So you uh, right. these are replicated queues. So we 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 don't we try to fix this a lot, but it's kind of not broken. But there are use cases or edge cases with mirrored queues that we cannot deal with because of the way they work. Uh, it's not a super optimal algorithm. It was it's a kind of homegrown algor distributed algorithm. Uh, right. So um, we introduced uh, quorum queues with, you know, uh, the using the raft uh, 
a consensus algorithm, yeah. which is a proven standard, a proven standard in uh, in the industry, uh, where we have well-defined semantics and failure semantics. Um, so right. now people should not, when they start something new, they should not use mirrored queues because we we we, we are likely to be removed in RabbitMQ four, but it's yeah to be determined. Uh, and yeah, uh, so. People who want uh, distributed distributed queue should use quorum queues from the beginning now, or try to migrate from mirrored queues <coughs> to uh, um, to quorum queues. Uh, right. So, what do we have? Uh, yeah, quorum queues. Awesome. Uh, it's it's really robust implementation. We've been improving it for for years now, for three years. Uh, we added new right. features like we we find. Uh, like dead lettering a few months ago, so with uh, more you know robust uh, semantics for dead lettering, for example. Um, we okay. are also um, changing the 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 engine for uh, classical queues, so the regular queues that we had since the beginning, which can be in memory or or uh, uh, on the file system, but which are not replicated. We are. Uh, changing the way they uh, they are you know powered, basically changing the engine. Oh. So we, we call this the classic wow. the classic queue v two. So it's when you don't want to use Chrome queues, uh, you don't want something replicated, for example, or you right. want you still want to use mirrored queues, or you are still using mirrored queues, but you want something uh, that will be uh, you know more stable in terms of engine. Uh, classic queue v two is. Uh, Something interesting is they have a, a smaller footprint, memory memory footprint than uh, classical queues. It's, it's just a more modern uh, engine, better latency, yeah. uh, and we are still wow. improving this new engine, classic classic QV2, uh, so that they are better than the old version for old workloads. Okay, nice. So you've improved both the existing kinds of queues and you've created this new one that's also yeah. an improvement over yeah we, use cases yeah we want to own the code for this part um and have like yeah, a modern modern implementation we have other stuff wow. uh support for auth 2 so it's more integrated getting more and more integrating integrated for client right. libraries but also to be able to uh, uh authenticate using auth for the management plugin, so the management UI. Oh, okay. Um, we have also operators for Kubernetes. It's not really my thing, but it's oh. available, and they are these are open source. Um, yep. Wow. And, That's another. Uh, and so that can give me a cluster. Yep. Yeah. But it can gives you. Uh, it can give you a wow. cluster managed by uh, Kubernetes based on your uh, declaration, basically of uh, of the topology. So having like, you know, three-node cluster or that kind of things. Yeah. I love Kubernetes, but I'm still scared about managing data by yeah. myself. I'm, I'd much rather use the operator and let the team who knows how it's supposed to work and how the topology is supposed to look. I would much rather that you do it than me. So that's great to know. So yeah, yeah. We have an operator for uh, the, the cluster itself. But also for resources which are, you know, uh, wow. managed uh, then by the 
by the operator for a given cluster. So the topologies, right. the, the queues, the bindings, and so on. Um, so this is something, I mean, it's not part of the core distribution of RabbitMQ, but sure. it's a separate project that we, and we have documentation on the website about this. So oh, yeah, we have also exciting stuff, like we want to support MQTT5, so it's on the roadmap. Um, <laughs> and we, um, we want actually to uh, have a very uh, efficient MQTT implementation uh, so that we can handle a lot of connections, like thousands, hundreds, or dozens, or hundreds yeah. of thousands of connections on the same cluster. Uh, MQTT, for people who aren't aware, is common in the IoT space, right? So yeah. Lots yeah. of little little devices. So it's a very complicated thing for RabbitMQ because you can have IoT workloads. So it means a lot of slow publishers, basically. Uh, but right. we must be able to handle handle also uh, uh, workloads like you know a small number of publishers or clients, but with high throughput. So um, yeah. IoT workloads and uh, like financial workloads can be very different, but we have to handle them with the same uh, the same tool. Something exciting also, wow. and you you see how crazy we are. <laughs> it's that we we <laughs> to change kind of change the uh, uh, the uh, the data the data store. So the metadata store, the way we store. Uh, like the topology or your the the queues, the queue definitions, the bindings, the routing, yeah. not the messages themselves. Uh, all these are is stored in the in a database, which is uh, Nisia, the built-in database key value store right. from Erlang, from the OTP uh, platform. Oh yeah, and we are actually uh, changing this. Uh, we are writing our own uh, data store. Uh, to replace nice. Nisia because um, Nisia is, uh, as I mean, dealing with um, failure recovery with uh, Nisia can be a bit complicated after a network partition. So it's not really meant for yeah. this, or the, the, its semantics are not appropriate for us. So we would like to develop a new data store um, uh, based on Raft, on our Raft library, but we use also for Chrome Q. Uh, to store all the definitions of queues and users, that kind of thing, so that we uh, have well-defined semantics when something goes wrong. Okay. Wow. So we're going to introduce this little by little. So uh, first, only some part of the metadata will be stored in uh, this new data store that we, we called Capri. Um, and uh, then we, we're going to roll out uh, little by little the the whole data store to this new uh, uh i mean the the metadata to this new data store because it's uh, it means it, it seems like a bit you know odd to <laughs> write your own data store but we have sometimes in a very hostile uh hostile uh, environments uh problem right. with, with nisia because we uh yeah it doesn't work the way we want <laughs> exactly and by the way it's not odd to write your own data store you have you know, the team, you, the, the engineering team, have tried to use the off-the-shelf solution for as long as it technically made sense. And now you're, you have hit a wall and that's perfectly fine. I think it's a very yeah. valid decision, you know, of course. That's awesome. Time, that's a very um, 
in big endeavor in our in our case, but uh, we are committed to deliver this in you know in the next versions. That's why people should be using RabbitMQ is because you have people working on the big stuff, doing big things, uh, you know, to make the system just that much more robust. Thinking about the corner cases, um, I I'm excited. I'm gonna go try it out. But a couple of things. First of all, where do people go to learn more about RabbitMQ and all and super streams and streams and all these cool features about which we just spoke? So uh, there's the website. Um, obviously, for you know general information to install the the broker and uh, and discover the features. RabbitMQ.org. Uh, yep. Uh, and there's also the blog. So we have a bunch about streams. Uh, you, we have a bunch of blog posts. Um, and um, uh, I don't have the exact URL in, in memory, but th that's basically the category or uh, I don't remember, but there's a streams category. And uh, if, you, if you go to blog.rabbitmq.com, you should find somewhere on the, on the right the, the stream category okay. or don't remember the exact name streams uh, and uh, then you'll see all the articles the, the, the post and there you have nice. pretty much everything available uh, since the beginning since last year um, how to start uh, the overview using just uh, sometimes you just need docker to you don't need to install Erlang, so you can just use docker right. to to bootstrap your uh, your rabbitmq uh, node uh, and we have tutorials and with the I think tutorials inside this blog post uh, with the, uh, the source code it's, that's using using the Java nice. So yeah, you can discover all the features. We didn't didn't even cover all these features like we mentioned server side of set tracking, but we have also the duplication right. um, you know uh, a bunch of um, interesting features. Um, yeah. That's awesome. There was um, a lot of, lot there... of reading. <laughs> a lot of <Yeah>. reading. <laughs> I, I'm, which is good. It's a good problem to have. Um, if people want to find you, and if you want to be found, uh, are you on the internet? And if so, where do people find you? Are you on Twitter? Do you have a blog? Something like that? Yeah. I'm, uh, hi. I don't blog myself. I blog on the RabbitMQ blog. Uh, I have right. a, a Twitter handle, but I mean, maybe the entry point is my GitHub profile. <laughs> so, okay, uh, what is what is that URL, and can you spell it out? GitHub.com forward slash slash a. Uh, so that's my uh, the the initial of my first name of uh, and yeah. then my last name. So it's a c o g o l u e g n e s. I have a complicated. Okay last name sorry about that maybe we can very you know, pretty put, put, put some links inside yeah. your uh yeah inside the, the, the podcast it'll be a in your last name and that'll be splashed yeah. everywhere when the episode comes out um this has been amazing i have i'm my head is swimming with all these new possibilities thank you so much for all the amazing work you do and to, thank, thank you. you for taking the time uh, to, to teach me just a tiny little bit about, I mean, we, we talked about a lot, but I feel like there's so much more I need to dive into and try out and explore. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank maybe you. I spoke, I spoke too much. <laughs> thank you for having me. No, no, it was great. Uh, my pleasure. Truly. I'm sorry. It took, again, I'm so sorry. It took, uh, 
three times uh, to make it happen. But it, awesome. Thank Good you. Profit. A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.